Welcome to the Unleash Your Blog Podcast. I'm your host, John Meese. And I'm your co-host, Danny Coleman. We are here to teach you all about how to turn your blog into an online business, even if you only have a few hours a week to spare. You will be getting a behind-the-scenes look at what strategies are working right now for real-life bloggers, people just like you. I hope you're ready because we are about to unleash your blog today. Welcome to episode six of the Unleash Your Blog podcast. Today we're gonna to be talking about how to get your first 100 email subscribers. I know this can seem a little bit daunting when you're just getting started out and you have maybe one, maybe two email subscribers, but you're probably related. So we're gonna be talking about some strategies you can use to break through that first barrier in this episode, practical strategies which you can apply right away. And there's a resource we wanna share with you to make that a lot easier. No matter where you are in your online business journey, your email list is crucial to your success. That is exactly why you need to use ConvertKit, the only email marketing software I use because it was built by bloggers for bloggers to make building and serving your email list incredibly simple. Head to meese.tips email to get your first month of ConvertKit free of charge. Getting over that first hurdle of building your email list to 100 email subscribers is tough. It's difficult, but it's crucial. It's important. We've touched on this in a previous episode, um, but I do want to emphasize the fact that the health of your online business depends on the strength of your email list, which means you're not just looking to get any email subscribers. You're looking to get your target audience onto your email list so that you can engage with them. This is the best way to engage with them. It's better than social media. No question. There's a vast difference. And I've done marketing promotions on social media. I've done marketing promotions on email and I've seen the difference and we'll link to the episode in the show notes where we talk about this in a previous episode about explaining the exact science and reasons behind this. Um, But today we're going to be talking about how to build that email list and how to get those first hundred email subscribers. Danny, how many email subscribers do you have? (laughs) Why did you ask me that question? (laughs) I have zero because I have to put ConvertKit up. I got to get that set up. So that's where I'm at right now. Good, good. Okay, that's fine. So that's exactly what we're talking about today is is you're starting with zero and everyone has to start there. And here's what what I'll say. Here's a word of encouragement. John gave this to me. I'm going to pass this on. uh, I asked him whether or not I should use a paid service or use a free service seeing as I'm just really starting out with my blog. And John made a good point. He said, well, how serious are you about your blog becoming a business? And that was the answer. So I am getting signed up for ConvertKit. And that's not just a plug for them shamelessly. It's it's actually what I am going to do. Good. No, that's great. No, and I will say I used a free service for a long time when I first got it started. And I slowly grew my email list. But when I switched to having to pay for it every month, it was like a light bulb went on. And I was like, this is a business. I have to make this up. So the first month that I had my ConvertKit account, I found ways immediately to within the first month, get enough recurring affiliate commission to pay for my ConvertKit account because I was motivated because I had to offset that expense. And so you heard from ConvertKit, I imagine from somebody that you respected? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard about them. I mean, they were still new at the time, but a lot of different bloggers I knew. Grant Baldwin was the one who actually, I used his affiliate link. It reminds me that every time I log into my affiliate (laughs) dashboard, it says you were referred by Grant Baldwin. And he's cool. He's a great guy. But uh, now I've got a lot of other friends that use ConvertKit, including Nathan Berry, the CEO. I can now call him a friend and he uses it himself. I mean, he created it, but he also uses it. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's dig straight into the content. So I'm going to assume you have zero email subscribers. If you already have an email list of some size, you can still use these techniques, especially if you've never used any of them before. Go back and use this strategy to jumpstart the growth of your email list because this is uh, this is how people today, I've seen people use some of these techniques to build 100, get 100, over 100 email subscribers in a day. And with this process we're talking about, it will take, probably take a little longer than a day. But if you really hustle and you go through all of this, you can do it in a day. I've seen it done. 
Um, I was going to ask, what is the value of, or is there any value to having, like, let's just say I posted on my Facebook, mm-hmm. something like that, and say, hey, you know, I'd love it if you signed up for, for my, um, for the, you know, this blog I've got going on, you know, I would like for, you know, I'm trying to get my email subscribers up. If you throw it out there, you know, there's a lot of people who are like your friends or family and they're like, oh yeah, I, I know John, I like John. They're not necessarily your target. Is that good or bad? I mean, do you think yeah. that you, when you send it out, you want to try to make sure you say, I'm looking for small business owners or, or what do you do? Leave it open? Well, I think you want to focus on your target audience, but I will say, um, Brian Harris is a great term for those people like your wife and your mom and your sister who are like, they're going to love whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And he calls them eager sneezers. And I love that term because it's, first of all, it's catchy and funny. But also, when you've got eager sneakers, I'm sorry, eager sneezers on your list. Not eager sneakers. No, no. Eager sneezers. As in a chew. As in a chew, right. (laughs) The idea is that whatever you send at them, they're just going to like sneeze it out to everybody. So they may may or may not be your target audience. And you want, but basically, your goal is to get your target audience onto your email list. But building a group of eager sneezers to help you do that is wise. So let's dig into the first strategy here. Okay. The first thing I want you to do is if you've already gone through the process of figuring out who your blog is for, what problems are you trying to solve, who your audience is, make a list of 10 people. It's a small list, easy to do. Make a list of 10 people who you think might be interested in what you're doing. Now, in Danny, in your case, this is probably someone who's a small business owner, which is something you've done, right? Yeah. You already made a list of people who you think might be interested. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you listening to this podcast, if you're creating a blog about how to take care of your dog or your cat or your goldfish or how to, you know, be better, do better lawn care or whatever that is, chances are whatever you're passionate about that you're building a business on, you know someone else who's passionate about that. And you may have to look around at your Facebook friend list, you know, to just kind of trigger your memory and, but make this list of 10 people. And that is step one is just to make a list of 10 people who are in your target audience who would be interested in what you're doing. And so in terms of uh, the method of delivery, I mean, so we're, we're talking it's open season. So it can be, you know, you ask them personally, you give them a call on the phone, text them. This is your initial list, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's however you can get people onto their Right. Well, step one, yeah. So we're getting at step two real quick. Yeah. Okay. So just to clarify that, step one is just, because we, we need to keep this super simple. So it's easy to follow without getting overwhelmed. So the step one is just to make that list of 10. Mm-hmm. But step two is what Danny is talking about, which is step two is when you you give them the ask. And this is where you simply reach out to them and you can do this through text message, you can do this through a Facebook message, you can do this from email, however you would normally interact with that person. Don't, because this is just you reaching out to a friend. Send the message and say, hey, I'm starting a new blog on such and such topic. And I think you'd be interested. Can I send you, can I add you to my email list so I can send you free resources every week? And that's it. All you're looking for is yes or no. Now, if they respond with yes, and you already know their email address, you don't send them a form. You don't say, great, go fill out this form. No, you literally go into the back end of your ConvertKit account and you type in their email address because they just give you permission. And so that's what you need. You need people to opt in through confirmation, but this is verbal confirmation. If you don't know their email address, like you're on Facebook, this is where you're responding and say, great, what's your email address? But the same thing goes. That first, those first few subscribers, what you do is you literally ask them for their email address, ask them if they're interested, and then you copy and paste that into your email account to add them to your email list. And that first email they get is going to allow them to confirm their subscription so that you've got a clean email list, right? Well, it will be clean. Um, And when you import someone into your list, when you add them manually, it skips the confirmation email, generally, depending upon how you do it. But that's typically the the best way. But it is a clean email list because they've given you a confirmation. Now, what you cannot do is you cannot go through your contact list and literally just like copy and paste everybody you've ever met and add them to your email list without asking their permission. That's illegal. 
and that'll get you sent to spam boxes very quickly. Right. Another thing you can't do, which I've seen people do, is export their LinkedIn contacts. Because if you export your LinkedIn contacts, you get their email. So I've seen people do that. They'll wow. export all of their connections on LinkedIn and upload to their email service provider. It is an awful idea. People will hate you for it. They'll report you as spam. They'll unsubscribe. And I mean, it's very rare that someone could, is actually going to report you to the government, you know, for that. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're just getting started out. But the reality is, it is illegal. Yeah. No. And it, you, we want to stay on the right side of the law. Correct. So. Correct. So, so that's what you've done. So that's how you get your first ten subscribers. Is you just make a list of ten interested people and you reach out to them, you email them or text them to get them onto your email list. Now, if some of those people either don't respond or don't say yes, or if they respond just saying, um, I'm not interested, that's fine. But what you do then is you you find the next five people. You think of the next five people you know who might be interested. And your focus here is just to get 10 engaged email subscribers. And this is in addition to, like we talked about before, your mom and your sister, you know, your, your sneezers. We're talking about you need 10 people in your target audience. You need them on your email list because that uh, otherwise you're you're not really truly talking to your audience. You're just talking to people who like you. Yeah, right. Okay. And that's that's going to dilute your, you know, uh, your results too. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, um, so once you have that that basic email list, you have your first 10 subscribers, they're targeted and they're in your email list. The next thing you need to do is you need to create a site-wide opt-in. Now, this is the email opt-in form, which will typically have somewhere like the top right of your sidebar or right there beneath your header image. It is, it's somewhere very prominent on your website where when someone loads your website, they see it without having to scroll. This is referred to as above the fold, meaning mm-hmm. if you're, uh, if somebody printed out your website, right. then before they even folded over the newspaper or the paper, like above, before they have to scroll down at all, they see an option to sign up to join your email list. Now, is there a certain type of opt-in that you would recommend at this early stage, especially? Like, I, I would wonder, you know, is at this stage, is it does it is it inconsequential to have one that just pops up, or should you have one like you said in your sidebar? What what's the recommendation there? So I think it, a lot of it depends on your target audience. Um, I'm typically not a fan of pop-ups, not because they don't convert, but because I don't like them. I mean, this is really what it is. I don't use them because I don't like them, and my audience doesn't like them. Some audiences, especially ones that are not very technical, they don't spend a lot of time on websites, so they don't may not see a lot of pop-ups. And those, it's really effective to use a pop-up because, especially if it's like delayed, because you're not annoying them because they're not used to it, right? But so someone like me who spends a lot of time on blogs, right? I get constantly pop-ups on every single website I go to. I get really annoyed by them, mm-hmm. so I don't use them. However, your point here is really it's not. What's more important than where you put the opt-in is what the opt-in says and what it includes. And in this case, you need to sell, you need to offer some sort of value, some sort of transformation to your audience. If you put up an opt-in that just says, join my newsletter, subscribe, like no one's going to do that. You may get a couple, you'll get the eager sneezers, right? And you may get a couple curious, uh, something that rhymes with that, I don't know, but or something, some kind of like clever term. Like, something that rhymes with curious? I don't know. There's probably no words that rhymes with that. So you may get a couple curious people to sign up for your newsletter, but the reality is that's not appealing. What you need is some sort of offer where your target audience will see that and they'll immediately go, I need that. So maybe this is a little box that just says, sign up below and I will send you the seven tips to effective delegation 
with your, you know, small team, or maybe it's into your email address, and I will send you the one hack I use to teach my dog how to open the door for my friends, but not strangers. You know, like, the, like <laughs> it's very specific. It's very specific. Well, something I imagine you're gonna you're gonna collect in the, the earlier stages. We talked about surveying people. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who you think you know are gonna be your audience. I'm sure that yeah, I, I know right now off the top of my head, just in the last five minutes we've been speaking of things that have been mentioned mm-hmm. in that survey that I could easily put in emails. Um, over the course, like you said, seven or something like that, seven or ten. Yes, exactly. So what, what you don't want to do is you don't want to go through the process of spending a lot of time and possibly money creating a massive like ebook resource here. The first time you put up a site-wide opt-in, it needs to be super basic. So right, now you, this is not your packaged product yet, right? Right, this, this is free. This is different from what you're going to digital something later. Yes, this is free. This is free. I should thank you for clarifying there. You want some sort of opt-in that's it solves the problem that your audience already has. And this could be, if you know what like their most common problem is, this is the answer to that problem or their most burning issue, you know, and maybe they don't even know it. And maybe you could say the five things every brick and mortar business is doing wrong in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's, it's the idea is that you are creating the answer or the solution to a problem. And that's what you give away for free in your opt-in. So you add that to your website. And, and um, at this point, this is step three, is to add a site-wide opt-in. And so this you want this to appear somewhere so like no matter what blog post or page your audience is looking at, this opt-in is somewhere on the page. Okay, gotcha. So, well, cool. Okay, so step four to getting your first 100 email subscribers is you need to write an epic post, an epic blog post with a content upgrade. Epic. Yes. Okay, specifically epic, not... Not outrageous. Or no, 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 no. And what, be epic. Yeah, and what I mean by epic is this is something. This is this is a meaty, long blog post. This is not like, hey, I sh- you know, I shot this out in a couple minutes. This is one that you're going to spend some quality time on answering some of the most common issues and problems your audience has. This may be somewhat related to your email opt-in, or it may not be. But let's just say, for example, um, Danny, what's an example of a problem that your target audience has? Hiring good talent. Um, Okay. Hiring good talent. So let's just say you write a blog post called The Ultimate Guide to Finding the Right Employees for Your Brick and Mortar Business in a Small Local Town, right? Something like that, like crazy specific. And you call it The Ultimate Guide or something like that because you're making the point that this is not going to be a two-minute read. Right. You want this to be a long media blog post, ideally at least a thousand words. Some people do 1,500 or 2,000 or even 4,000 words in these epic blog posts. But when they go through it, you need to have a step-by-step offer solution to solve their problem. And at the end, you have a content upgrade. Now, this is a strategy. This is an email list building strategy where you create an opt-in that's specific to that piece of content that just takes the content further, hence the name content upgrade. Ah, okay. So in this case, in this example, if the content is a, a blog post about how to hire the right talent, then at the end, you may have an opt-in that's like, let's just say, for example, you can enter your email address to get a copy of the exact job descriptions and email invitations for interviews that we use. Like that's just an example, but the yeah. idea is that it's an upgrade, right? If they read this whole post and by the time they get to the end, you know they're still interested in, in like hiring the right person. And let's just say you gave them all these techniques, then you give them some sort of resource in the email, in the email opt-in that takes that and it makes it very practical. Now, the delivery of this resource is going to be in the content of your seven or so or whatever email like drip campaign that you have going out. 
Or is the delivery right after they, they give you your email address? Depends on really what you're offering. Okay. So in this case, what I would do typically is um, in, in the example I gave of where you're getting like a like you're getting a template or swipe copy or, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. but you're getting a job description template and you're getting uh, an exact copy of the emails we use to reach out and hire people. That's something that I would you wouldn't want to give them immediately right away. If you're using ConvertKit, you, you would have them enter their email address. And then as soon as they confirm, you can customize that email that goes out like post confirmation, uh-huh. which typically has some sort of, well, it's actually part of the confirmation email has some sort of download or thank you page that, that you send them to that has the resources. Okay. So, and that could be super simple. Like you could literally have when someone confirms their email address and they click confirm, it takes them to a Google drive document that you have hosted mm-hmm. in Google drive. Like it could be super simple or it could be a PDF file. You upload a convert kit, but that's the idea is that you're giving them some sort of resource as a content upgrade at the end of an epic blog post. And so that's what I would recommend as step number four in this process. Okay. All right. So three is the, the site-wide opt-in. Mm-hmm. But then this now, how do these two things relate or do they do they relate at all? So they don't have to relate at all. I mean, if, other than the fact that they relate to your target audience. Right. But what these are, are these are going to be your two most effective ways to build your audience. And this is going to relate to the next step, what we're going to do. But essentially what, what happens is when you create that site-wide opt-in, uh-huh. you've created an opportunity for anyone when they come across your website to join your email list immediately. The content upgrade is not typically immediate. It's not typically at the top of your website. It's at the bottom of a really meaty blog post. So when someone gets to your content upgrade, they've already gone through your meaty content. But if someone comes to that blog post and they don't have time to read the whole thing or they don't notice the content upgrade because they don't get all the way through, they still have the opportunity to sign up through your your site-wide opt-in because they see that immediately. So okay. that's why you want to have both. So kind of hitting the people who may be not as interested yet mm-hmm. versus the people who are a little bit, I mean, because it takes some interest to read a real long blog post. Like, it does. Like how you're talking about. So. Yeah, it does. And that helps you. But you're creating opportunities for both sets of your audience, right, subsets yeah. of your audience to join. That makes sense. Yeah. And then number five is where you've already created this epic blog post, mm-hmm. right? This is where you ask your existing audience to share this post with someone else. Now, in this case, what I would recommend is you've already have an email list, even if it's just 10 or 15 email subscribers. This is the point where you email them and you say, hey, guys, I just wrote this epic meaty blog post that helps you with this problem. Check it out. And then you can either mention the same email or in a follow-up email, send them an email where you say, hey, I just wrote this blog post on this topic, how to hire the perfect candidate for your brick and mortar business. I put a lot of time and effort in this guide and I'd love to share it with other business owners like you. Could you forward this email to one person you know who might be interested? Now, of course, let's assume you're also using a WordPress theme that makes it really easy to share these blog posts. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you're doing is you're telling them to share it through email, right? Let's just say you have 10 people who are on your email list and they are the ones who first saw the blog post. Well, some of them may have shared it on social media in addition to forwarding it to a friend. If they forward it to a friend and those friends see it, they may share that on social media. But if you do this, if you go through this process of getting your email subscribers to actually forward your content via email to a friend, it's so much more valuable it's essentially like if you, if it's a close friend or a confidant or, a, or someone who works a very similar business to you sends you an email and says, hey, Danny, I really think you'd appreciate this. It's a very, it, it's a great resource. Check it out. Hmm. I'm going to trust that more than if some random guy tells me to listen to it. Right. 
So you're taking advantage of these relationships that your audience has by encouraging them to share that with their audience. And if you do that, and if your content, if your blog post is truly what what could you can honestly call an epic blog post, where it does it puts a lot of meaty content into one solution to a problem that your audience has, then you will reach 100 email subscribers uh, because that will continue to spread. And we talked before about you know the writing process, but you know writing trying to like aim for writing blog posts an hour because it's all about trying to do this mm-hmm. after regular work. And not avoiding time, you know, not uh, missing out on time with your family. So this meaty blog post, this may take a couple of those blocks. Yeah. Is that what you're saying, right? So of, of, of blogging time where you really take some time you, to put something, you know, like you said, meaty. The word keeps coming up and it's, it's a good word. Yeah. Am I, am, am, I, am I right? Yeah. I would say in your first five blog posts, you probably want <clears throat> four that are you you wrote in those. We Like we talked about, we have a podcast episode about how to write a blog post in an hour or less. I would say at the first five, what I would do is the first four would be written kind of like that, where they're just, they're getting your thoughts out, establishing your expertise, expanding the content that's on your website. But in your first five, I would make time to have one that's what you can honestly call a meaty or an epic blog post where you dig deep into one of the biggest problems that your audience has. Because if you can solve their problem there, that establishes you as an expert in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, so that's why that epic blog post is so important. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see. And, yeah. um, and I, I like I like how it works. Cool. So, and actually, if you guys want to see an example of some of these posts, we'll put, we may put some links in the show notes, but if you search the ultimate guide to pretty much anything, you'll see that this is actually a very common technique. I will say, though, a lot of people wait until their blog is established and they have hundreds or thousands of email subscribers before they start writing these ultimate guides but the reality is if you start with one from the get-go and then every blog post you write, you find a way to link back to it or you link to it in your sidebar, then every time someone stumbles across your site, if they're if that is a problem that they truly face, they'll dig into the content, they'll get on your email list, and they'll share it. So it's kind of like having a couple flagship posts, you know, yeah. for, for, for you know, to really kind of display what you know. Definitely, um, definitely. It, I think Copyblocker uses the term cornerstone content. That's good. Yeah. yeah. The idea is that when you get started, you want to create this cornerstone content that you refer back to. So you, you know, you find kind of like, what is the big problem your audience has? And let's just use our example that we've used so far. If your blog post is how to hire the perfect candidate, the, how to hire the perfect team members for your brick and mortar small business... Well, let's just say later you write a blog post on the 10 things that go wrong in the hiring and interview process, and then you just link to that. Like in the, in the blog post, you actually give like the 10 things, and you're like, oh, but if you want to solve this, you should read our guide on like the ultimate guide to doing it the right mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And so that gives you more opportunity to not only uh, – there are many benefits to that. When you link to your own blog post on your website, it actually increases your um, your SEO or your search engine optimization juice, your SEO juice as they yeah, call it. Yeah. I don't know why they call it that, but they, they do. <laughs> I didn't make that up, I swear. But if you do that, that increases the the trust of your audience. I mean, that's why Wikipedia is almost always at the top of the list on search results because every Wikipedia article has like a hundred links to other Wikipedia articles. A lot of meaty posts and SEO yep. juice. A lot of, <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's, that's what you should do. So if you go through this process of you make a list of the people you know who are interested, you email them and you, or you text them or you Facebook message them or whatever. You ask them, or maybe you ask them in person. Say, hey, man, I'm working on this new project. Can I get your email address? I'd love to keep you updated. Get them on your email list. Create a site-wide opt-in and then create that epic blog post with a content upgrade at the end. The meaty blog post. Yes, the meaty epic, the epically meaty or immediately epic or something <laughs> blog post. Yeah. And then once you have an audience, you ask them to forward it to one person. And if you're using ConvertKit, it's actually really easy to make this part of your follow-up sequence. 
Like literally what you could do is you could have it automated. So every time someone joins your email list, they get an email that says, hey, here's my most popular blog post, check it out. And they get another email that says something similar. And then they get an email that says, oh, hey, would you forward this to a friend? Don't start there. Yeah. But once you build a relationship with them, you can make that part of your ongoing strategy. This is great. It's easy. Five steps. That's right. So go out there, guys, and do it. Build your email list. Get your 100 email subscribers. And once you do, send us a screenshot of that, uh, that, like that total. I want to see it. It'll be good. So once again, I want to share with you the most important resource you can use for building your email list when you're just getting started. If you spend more than five minutes learning about email marketing online, you will quickly discover that there are literally hundreds of different list building tools and many popular email service providers. I used to rely on a half dozen different tools combined with a free MailChimp account, a hack solution at best, that cost me a lot of money and a massive amount of time to set up and manage. Eventually, I found ConvertKit, the only email marketing solution that comes with all the features you need to both build and serve your email list without investing in any other software. ConvertKit is the perfect tool when you're just starting out because it's incredibly easy to use whether you want advanced tagging and segmenting techniques or just to create your first opt-in form to build your email list. Ever since I started using ConvertKit, I have canceled every other tool I used to rely on because ConvertKit is just that good. Created for bloggers, by bloggers. You need your own ConvertKit account. Head to mistips slash email to create your account and get your first month of ConvertKit for free. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unleash Your Blog podcast, which we truly hope you have found informational and inspiring, and we really are excited to see you take action on this information. If you haven't already, make sure to download the action guide at unleashyourblog.today. Do not forget to leave us your questions while you're there. You can leave us an audio message. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to leave those questions because we're going to answer them in future episodes. So don't miss out on that opportunity. That's right. And make sure to subscribe so you'll get our future episodes, including next week, where we'll be teaching you how to write words that sell your products without coming across as a cheesy salesman. 